What's happening, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Best You Nation with your host, myself, Finn, and Adler. Hey, 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 guys. Are you there? Can you hear me? No. Yeah, no, you froze for a second. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, if the, life wouldn't be life if you didn't have, like, audibles sometimes, so. That's right. That's right. So we're back here today, we're recording another episode, and Adler, before I get started, how have you been, how's your week been so far? Um, The week has been uh, pretty stellar, Uh, just finished the last day of my assignment here in Monterey, and I will be leaving here to go to Grass Valley next, um, which is a smaller, uh, more of a countryside town in um, California, north of Sacramento. And like about two or three hours from Tahoe and Reno. So um, a little bit different, but uh, I'm really excited to, uh, you know, get a chance to start something new and to, you know, go about, go about the travel business. Yes. So is the uh, the new place you're going to stay at look anything like the photo behind you? Um. I, think it's like, I don't. I don't believe so. I'm sure there's pro- like. I mean, it's more. It's more going to be geared towards nature and more of like a tree huggers. Uh, it it could be potentially. I'm not sure. So uh, I'll let you know when I get there. Um, I'll be there in like uh, a few weeks, just because uh, uh, I'm taking some time off before uh, we start. But you know, okay. how about yourself? Obviously, you can clearly hear that Mr. Finn is uh, recovering from some sort of throat viral cough situation it's undetermined at this point uh but yes uh i've been officially diagnosed no <laughs> diagnosed i i'm a good man i um had a lot of meetings with some of the admissions advisors for schooling um and just trying to recover and recuperate from being sick but uh it kind of goes into conversation today. Uh, you know, sometimes we face some things in life and I kind of want to start off this conversation by asking you a question. Um, okay. and I feel like this question is appropriate because, you know, I've been facing like personally with me getting into nursing school, I've been facing some hardships, uh, just different obstacles and different challenges to kind of figure out when I'm going to start, where I'm going to start, like what school am I going to go to? I have a time crunch, getting married. There's a lot of different things going on. And so like you begin to wrap your mind around the different circumstances at hand. So what I want to start off by asking you is, do you feel like, uh, do you, do you feel like the, the hardships that you personally face day to day or maybe month to month or just in general, um, have they shaped your perspective on life? I first want to start asking that. Um, because it is important to understand hardships across the entire page so that we could dive into the conversation a little bit more thoroughly, more in depth. Um, I mean, like the one thing, the one thing that's guaranteed in life is that there's always going to be some form of obstacle that needs to be overcome. And, um, I think that, um, hardships have a way of, uh, almost like character building. Like it has a way of forcing you to face things that you wouldn't necessarily have to deal with in any or any perfect situation. You wouldn't have to necessarily deal with it. Um, And it forces you to dig deep. And usually after any hardship, after you've gone through the struggle, the stress, the weary travel the you know the journey of overcoming it you emerge as a different version of yourself you emerge as a different person and that person that comes out on the other side of conflict is usually it usually tends to be a stronger better version than what entered in before and the one thing that uh conflict or uh hardships are really good at it they're great at um it's i i think we 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 can all agree it forces you to grow in a different way um you basically reinvent who you are as a person 
And every time you reinvent who you are, you cement it by uh, going back to that reference point. So if you're having a hardship in the future, you go back to that reference point of, okay, the last hardship I faced, I was this person. So now the next person that emerges this time is going to be something completely different or there's some components that I can take and build off of in order to become that next person. So um, I, at least that's for me. I find that every hardship that I've ever faced in my life, I've emerged as a different person just because it took a different level of growth, a different level of uh, conviction for me to get out of it. And the only way for us to continue growing is by changing and adapting new skills. So for me, that's, it's definitely key. No, I appreciate your response, man, because, you know, today, like, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about how our hardships actually help us grow. Um, and you've, you, you've hit on the point of just talking about growth and, and that entirety of just being able to emerge from a place of that, the difficult situation. Um, <clears throat> and one of my, one of my things that I have learned about myself over the last few years, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but finding a way to just embody the fact that change is going to happen and you're going to be faced with a difficult moment. I want to, if I keep saying hardships, I mean, that's the word I'm going to talk about, but, um, hardship, conflict, you can, Hardships, yeah, hardship, conflict. But what I want to what I want to put an emphasis on is that oftentimes I think we try to have this cookie cutter mindset of what a hardship is, and that's why I wanted to hear kind of what you felt like what a hardship has to do with you in your life and the things that you've endured, and how it's per shaped the perspective of your life per se. Um, <clears throat> and the reason why I wanted to kind of bring this back around was because. You know, oftentimes I hear the word, or I hear people talk about their hardships and I can't necessarily relate. And I think the, the problem is that as a society, as a human race, we try to, again, like I was saying, cookie cutter. We try to implement our hardship and uh, force feed someone else to completely understand. Excuse me. No, you're good. So... One of the things that I ask myself is, um, why should we face? Why should we face hardships? Like, what is the importance of us facing a hardship? And one of the things that kind of came to mind, and I'm gonna share with you, and then if you'd like to tag on, that'd be great. Um, I feel like hardships make us more aware of what we're capable of doing, but in order to be able to do it, we have to be willing to surrender. Um, that were a, at least for me personally, that I'm human and I, I am a small parcel. I'm a small particle or a small of something compared to God. Well, excuse me. So when we are faced with a hardship, when I personally am faced with a hardship and when you're faced with a hardship, we have to ask ourselves a question. Is this situation going to build me up stronger so that when I face another hardship, you're more well prepared? Do you feel like the hardships that you've experienced in your life, um, I don't know if there's a specific example that you would like to talk on, but do you feel like there, if there is a specific hardship that you've encountered, do you feel like it's given you more confidence to be able to reach another hardship that may be 10 times more difficult than the one previous. Yeah, uh, I, I think, I think so. Um, the first thing, like I, I can't, we kind of touched on it or I kind of touched on it earlier. <clears throat> Whenever you're faced with a conflict, you enter it with a certain identity and almost Immediately when you're faced with that conflict, hardship, or trying time, you start to ask and ask and question, who am I? And you have to be able to fill in the blank of who are you? And 
when you're going through that moment, it's tough to remember who you are. And sometimes remembering who you are requires you to remember bits and pieces of that. But then now a new person must emerge from that hardship, that um, conflict. And you can use components of that person who you were in the very beginning, but the person that comes out is completely different. And um, I, I can I can say confidently, when I was, so for those of you that don't know, my dad, he does a lot of part-time work for the church. And he does, uh, a lot of his contributions are music, whether he's singing, playing guitar, or piano, or whatever. And my dad's been doing that ever since I was a kid. And uh, usually you'd say, like, Finn, in your life, you have been to more weddings and birthday parties than you have to funerals so far, right? I think it's fair to say. Yeah. So in my life, I have been to more funerals than I have to weddings or birthday parties. Uh, it's either more or it's 50-50. And the reason for that is because my dad would do a lot of like these events for church members. So he wouldn't um, go off and sing. And oftentimes we would have to go to the viewing and we'd have to go to the funeral. And as a kid, I don't really discuss this often, but I was afraid of dead bodies. Like dead bodies gave me the creeps because you see this lifeless corpse of this person that used to speak, that used to talk to you, that you may have met that may used to have given you candy or used to, you know, say hi to you. And this lifeless corpse is just laying there in front of you. And it always made me so terrified. I, I, I would always try to stay in the back of the church, but because, you know, I'm, I'm six, seven years old, I have no choice but to sit closer to my dad. And my dad usually sat near the front. And for many years, like dead bodies, just, it, it gave me the creep. But the fear and the person that I identified as when I first saw my first dead body um, is not the same person that you get now because now, you know, <laughs> out of the sure exposure of continuous dead bodies and continuous uh, funerals, I'm now a nurse. And now dealing with like, and I know obviously it's, it's a very sensitive subject because a lot of people don't really um, like talking about death or dead bodies or anything like that. But I, I'm in a field where I'm constantly exposed with that or exposed to it. So it's not un, unheard of for me to walk into a room and then see somebody that I was taking care of and then they, they passed on or to try to create do life-saving interventions and be unsuccessful in bringing the person back. So um, the person that I was before is not the same person that emerges. And I can confidently say that there's some components of like who I was as a kid that still exists where I don't like seeing or witnessing dead bodies, but uh, it's given me more of a perspective, more of a maturity in order to handle it when it does arise. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do my job. And, you know, being a nurse is one of the hardest uh, things you, you have to be able to do. Like, not only to, to put it in perspective, being a nurse means going into a room and whatever emotional turmoil or hardship that you're personally going through, you're leaving it at the door and you're prioritizing your patient, you're prioritizing the family members and you're prioritizing them. And that's hard because a lot of people struggle to compartmentalize uh, where what they're doing for work and what they're feeling and dealing with at home. And 
for me, it's just become second nature now. And it's helped me to become a better nurse because of I've had that like constant exposure as a kid. I saw dead bodies, so I'm not necessarily afraid of it. So then when you have a younger, newer nurse and they have to do postmortem care, um, they're, you know, they're, they're nervous or freaking out. But to me now it's just like, okay, well, I've done it before and I've dealt with it many, many times. I still have a healthy dislike for it, but I also know that this is the job. The job needs to be done and there's not really any, any way around it, you know? Yeah. No, I, sorry, I sound horrible. Um, no, I, it's okay. We need to get your Ricola. They're in the bedroom. <laughs> Um, no, I, I love that you were talking about, like, the fact that you had, it, it sounds like a Batman story, you know, Batman, I know you're a Marvel guy, I'm a Marvel guy too, but. Oh, time out, can't do that, that's a cardinal file, man, <sighs> DC. I know, okay, <laughs> I, have to, I have to use this as the example though, I mean, this is, it makes okay, sense, go ahead, go ahead. Because go ahead. we all know Batman's fear was bats. And it kind of goes the same in the same format that you were talking about how like you were afraid of of uh stop. Um I got my guest over here. Her name's Phoebe. Phoebe. Um but he he ends up overcoming his fear and coming out of training uh in the mountains and basically he finds his identity, right? He finds his identity. He is more clear of his priorities. He's more mindful about who he is. And he's developed the self-discovery. And I feel like if we talk about that in the aspect of our own personal lives, like me personally, you know, I think you had asked this question like a couple of days ago. You sent us through text and I had to kind of think about one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, right? Um... And I and I started thinking about all these different things I've gone through, and then I think about it's kind of weird. I don't know if you do this too. Like now that you've overcome them, it's like that's not really the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. But at the time, it seemed like it was the hardest thing to go through. Um, so I had to kind of come up with a list, and I started thinking about which of these is probably the most detrimental, most difficult, most challenging that I've actually ever had to go through. So this one personally uh, might be something that someone else might have experienced and more, maybe more people have than, than not, but having to, to uh, lose everything and starting off from square one. Uh, and I'm talking about financially, I'm talking about my job. Uh, I recall leaving the military. I, I mean, I won't talk about the military perspective, pers- oh my god specifically but the the aftermath of it it was just uh, the confusion of what happened i was out of a job uh i didn't have really a place to stay i had to figure that out um it just a lot happened in a span of six months after coming home my first girlfriend uh she she basically cheated on me. Uh, that's a whole story in itself. But basically the reason I'm sharing that is, is I, I was, again, I had a place, we were, we had a place, student housing, and then it didn't work out. Uh, I had to figure out another plan. I had $0 in the bank. I lost all the furniture that I invested into. Um, I lost everything. Like everything that I bought for that apartment that I furnished gone. Um, so I had to decide, like, I had a lot of different things going on in my mind. You know, I reached out to my dad and my dad was like, son, you'll figure it out. My dad told me, you know, son, I'm not going to be a wheelchair. I'll be a crutch. I'll help you, but you're going to have to put in the work, which is not a problem. wasn't an issue at all. But, you know, you're frustrated when you're trying to figure out as you're knocking on certain doors and those doors are not opening. Um, when you have nothing in the bank. When you have zero dollars, actually I had negative balances in my checking account. 
Um, I completely racked up my credit cards. I, you know, I was pretty much in debt at zero dollars. Um, it was really scary because I didn't know what to do. I was 19, 19 years old and we're in the modern era, you know, we're in the modern era. Uh, I did have a car. Um, so what I'm trying to get at is with this entire situation is I had to figure out how to get another job, get a place to stay, get some form of transportation and find a way to make it. And all that time, I never was on the side of the road. I never was homeless. Um, I was thank thankfully to, to two of my buddies. They were able to let me stay and rent a room for a little while so I could save up enough money. I actually, it was free. It didn't cost me anything. So they were, they knew my situation. And um, that was step one. They saw that I was in a really crappy situation from what happened with the first girl. Um, and they're like, yeah, dude. Focus on getting yourself together. And it's not just physically, uh, you know, or mentally. There's a lot of emotional stress going on. You're just trying to every minute, every moment, every second of the day, every hour of the day, you're trying to figure out what's the next step. And for one time, I, I remember, you know, having, when I didn't have any money, okay, let's just talk about that in itself. It was weird because I didn't want to ask anybody for money. I didn't want to sound like I was begging for money. And so like I applied for a job everywhere possible. Okay. I was emotionally distraught. I was mentally distraught. I was physically exhausted because I went out and I was looking for a job in person. I spent lots. I, I, I had got another credit card, racked that up. Um, and so what I'm trying to get at is, is that, you know, everyone's hardships are different. Everyone experiences maybe a similar hardship, but it's still different because the emotional investment, the mental investment, the the entire investment into the hardship. When I came out of that situation, okay, so just to fast forward, once I got a job, which by the way, is I had applied for admin health or at the time Florida Hospital uh, to be a transporter. So I had two choices. I either was going to actually, I was getting ready to move to Georgia and live with one of my military buddies and work on the military base with his mom and him. He's like, yo, bro, come on up here. You'll have a place to stay. You can borrow my trucks. Life is good. Everything was like ready. Like he said, dude, you're ready to come up here, man. You can, have, you can borrow my trucks. He had like three trucks. And all was like, you know what? That sounds great. I have a job lined up. I have a place to stay. I'm going to have a vehicle to drive. I'm going to be able to make money. It's going to be great. Start fresh. But then I got a call the same day that I was getting ready to go to Georgia that I had gotten the job to work at Avon Health or Florida Hospital. So then I was like, dang, I went through this so much work to get into this position. And I called my the supervisor and I said, listen, Sean, I might have to turn this job down. I'm going to go to Georgia. He's like, all right, I will take some time to think about that. I'll give you three days. Just think about it. Job's still yours. And then let me know. Anyway, so long story short, I called him back three days later. I said, look, I'll keep the job. I'm going to stay here. I ended up working the first, I think it was the first, uh, the first six months. I had made enough money to get my own apartment. Um, because I worked a lot of overtime, like a lot of overtime. Like, I mean, I'm, you know what overtime is like. It's, it's a nice and checks are fatter. Didn't realize what taxes were really until I started making overtime. Who's this person, FICO, that's taking all my yeah, money? FICO. Yeah. But anyways, so I figured that out. But it was still, for someone who's making 10 16 an hour, making coming home with a $2,000 check after overtime, I was pretty good. I was pretty pretty happy with that. I was course, able to yeah. have fat pay stubs and I was able to get into my own apartment. Now at that time, my one of my other buddies, he would drive me to work and I would just pay him gas money. I was started when I'm, when I'm sharing this story because I start off with completely at the rock bottom. Like we've talked about rock bottom before, but like I was at literal 
literal rock bottom, zero dollars, nothing. And I started evolving because I had to figure it out. I realized that I had more clarity of my priorities. I realized that I was able to face certain challenges. It made me reflect more. Man, I sound so bad. Do not, good, man. Keep going. Don't have me as a guest speaker. Not, not this week, at least. Not this week. No, no, no. Um, and then the adversities that I was facing encouraged me to be more present in the moment. And it actually made me appreciate the struggle. And it made me appreciate that I didn't have anything. Because when now, like, where I am today, like, from where I was, even when I was without a car, I had to give up my apartment because I ended up moving in with another buddy so I could save money up for a car. So I gave up my apartment so that I could have a car because I was spending way more money on Uber than I was actually on my apartment. So I was like, all right, I'll save this money and I'll rent a room. And I did. That also fell through really bad after six months. Thankfully to Molly, she uh, opened up another. She was my saving grace in another turmoil situation. But it's the reminder that I had is I've been here before. I've struggled before. I know that I can get through this. And that is why we're talking about this thing. Because the hardship that I faced before I moved into uh, renting a room for Molly was that previous person threw all my stuff out in the yard. Which, by the way, is illegal in Florida. But that's okay. And I'm not mad at the person. But I will say, though, the way that it was handled was completely incorrect. So I had to pick up all my stuff. And I just was like, hey, I need a place to stay. But I wasn't as, what's the best word? I wasn't as uh, unsure. Like I knew that I was going to be okay because I figured it out last time. I, it's similar and I'm able to accomplish. And uh, I've been humbled, you know, through these experiences. So my final thought on that though is today where I am now, where I get to share the living space with my fiance. I have a pretty new car. Um, I paid to get into school. I have a job. Uh, we have a dog. Um, you know, we have groceries. Like, the hardships make you appreciate. I think that's another thing. It's like a buffer. It allows you to never be too arrogant of what you have or too prideful or too vain about what you have. Those hardships make you appreciate all the moments that when you do have things, when you are successful, like statistically speaking, most kids who are adopted don't make it very far. And I'm again, grateful because those hardships buffer the, the difference between crossing the line of being, look at me, I have all these things. So I'm always appreciative of what I have. I'm always thankful for what I have. I always look at things in that way of like, I have discovered who I am. So I'm still self-discovering myself, but um, that's kind of my story of like what I've gone through. The hardest thing that I've ever endured is just like having to go through the, from the start, go start moving up, kind of get thrown back down. Then have to get back up and get thrown down again. And like, it's just a constant throw down and eventually getting up. And now I'm where I am today. So, I know I've spent a lot of time talking about my story and I sound ridiculous, but I want to ask you the same question. I want to hear about what you've endured. What is the hardest thing that you have ever experienced um, or had to have done and how you've got what, I mean, I'd already asked you this kind of a lot, like what, how you've come out through on the other side of it, but what is the hardest thing you've ever had to do or go through? Well, um, well, I guess, for starters, um, the first thing that kind of sticks out with what your story is, it's um, because you had been there so many times before, you understood that you are you would be able to come out on the other side of this, even though you don't have necessarily a plan, you've dealt with it before. And so it creates like um, th this uh, muscle memory, so to speak, to be like, okay, well, I'm used to being uncomfortable, so I can handle this. Um, and I mean, like, again, I kind of already discussed it, like the hardest thing that I had to 
learn how to get past is my irrational fear of dead bodies. For whatever reason, I just it it, it crippled me. Did cripple me to the point where sometimes I I would stay out um like outside of like when I got older I, I used to just stand outside of the funerals. I, I just stayed away. And um I think the one thing that kind of changed my perspective is understanding that death is uncomfortable for everybody. But more importantly, it's uncomfortable for the, the family and the friends that are left behind. And having that understanding at like 15, 16 years old, it gave me that compassion and it taught me how to be welcoming and open to my patients and to their family members. So when they experience loss, they experience grief. I can, just like you said, you go back to a time where you have nothing and you're like, I can get through this. Now I go back into my mind. I'm just like, okay, well, I remember how I felt and this is what I would have wanted to hear or this is how I would want to be comforted. And being, uh, being honest and creating, having like, I call those moments that are tough like that, I call that a that, uh, human moment. Um, this is a moment that no human really wants to deal with and nobody wants to um, go through. But this is part of life. This is, this is part of it. And um, in a way, in a sense, whenever I think of like hardships, I think of conditioning. Conditioning is the first word that comes to my mind. And conditioning means um, accustomizing yourself to perform during a certain situation. So that means that when you're faced with this same challenge again, you're able to perform and with no drop off. And that's something that, that's huge to me because when you're trying to develop that conditioning that to get past a hardship or get past like something that's difficult, it's going to take time. It's going to take having to develop that patience. And once you're capable of developing that patience, it enhances your endurance and it also enhances your performance. So you'll find that like, uh, like I didn't myself, you'll find that, um, the next time you're faced with something, you can handle a little bit better, a little bit differently. You're almost desensitized in a way. And one of the things that I've always been very, very mindful, no matter how many um, times I lose a patient and you know I have to start doing postmortem care, there's always a certain level of reverence and respect that I try to maintain. And I don't think I've really compromised it throughout the years of doing this. But it's it's one of those things that that sets you apart from other people. Um, families can detect that compassion. Loved ones can feel it. And in my own cert, certain um, my own specific situation, it took some time for me to understand that in that moment. This is not about me. This is about my, my my patients and my patients' family members. It's no longer about me. And it taught me to kind of learn how to put into check my own emotional well-being, my own uh, emotional turmoils or conflicts. I can check those at the door and focus solely on being present with my patient and their families. And that's... Um, I think that's honestly what makes the best nurses is the ability to relate on a human level, being able to humanize situations that um, might otherwise be taboo or scary because, you know, nobody likes dealing with it. And so like, I know um, this is like kind of like a morbid conversation, at least the turn that I took from it. But honestly, that was the most impactful thing that could have ever happened to me because I was afraid of funerals. I was afraid of viewings. 
I was afraid of any type of dead body or, or anything like that because I had this irrational fear of either, you know, I don't know, irrational fear of like, you know, that person coming back to life or coming back. Because, you know, you, you watch all these movies as kids and you start to refer to them. But it's, it's you know, once you kind of experience it for yourself, you realize that, okay, all those movies were wrong. <laughs> all those things were, were, were difficult or not, not difficult, but they were inaccurate. And so now when you're faced with um, somebody losing a loved one, then now I have that frame of reference in order to be like, hey, I know that you're hurting and I understand where you're coming from because this is your so-and-so loved one. And you sit there and you give them the compassion that in any situation or any scenario that you would wish you'd want to have for yourself. And, you know, I've spoken freely about like when uh, Wendy passed and it made me very mindful of whenever I do have patients and they have loved ones for me to really keep them in the loop so that way they can understand and, and, and ask their questions and to um, be there for their loved one. So. No, I appreciate you sharing, man. I know, I know, I, I felt like I already asked you that question in the beginning, but um, I think it's important that you you acknowledge that for yourself, and then other people see that too. And I think that's kind of like one of the things about hardships is that you, because you're self aware and you're self conscious, you've developed a self discovery of your who you are and who you are going to be every time you go through it. It's kind of like when you get sick. You know, you build immunity, cliche, but um, you build immunity and you build strength to fight the next time that you may encounter this viral infection. Endurance. What I think to myself is uh, working out. I think one of the things that people don't realize is that, you know, I was one like this too. Um, when I first started bench pressing, I never really bench pressed. And when I bench pressed for the first time, I probably could do about 145, 150. Like, that was nothing. Lightweight. Yeah, I was lightweight. But that's okay because everybody has to start somewhere. And day one, I was at 150. And then over the span of like six to eight weeks, being consistent, knowing what 150 felt like, I was like, all right, add another plate. All right. Add another 10, all right? Add another one of these. Oh, okay, today's my limit. So now I'm at like 185. And then not at eight weeks, but I'm kind of giving you the telltale. So eventually after, I think it was about eight weeks, I was close to, I went down and I said 200, I think it was 245, 250 was like my, my max. Um, Which was insane because like I had never been able to you that went a hundred pounds heavier than when you were first starting. Correct. And what it means is that I know what, what it feels good to do one fifty after you do two fifty. Like you do two fifty as much as you can, and then you just drop off a hundred pounds, and then you do it again, and then one fifty feels like nothing. Yeah, that's the reminder that this is where I started. And look what I'm capable of doing. Um, and that's something that I feel like a lot of people they. They don't have, they forget, they, they like block out their, like what you said, it's kind of like you're peeling off and leaving those moments in the back as a reference point, right? I like that when you said that because it's true. It's like a, it's a place, it's a marker to go back to and go, oh, I've been there or I've experienced that. And that's a good saving grace for, you know, whatever encounter we have. Um, I have another question for you, man, because I feel like this is a this is one that really kind of I boggle my mind on too. Okay. Have there been any? Have there been? Have there? Oh my gosh, I can't even ask the question. Has there ever been an instance where any of your hardships, so whether it's the one that with death or patients dying, family members, or just in general with death and funerals, or something else? Um, I think you probably already kind of talked about it, but I'm just going to ask it anyways, just to kind of. Open your mind. Uh, has there any? Has there 
been any instances where your hardships have brought some unexpected opportunities or a positive change to you in your life? Whether you use the same example or what you talked about earlier, or if there's something else that comes to mind where that question can imply with uh, an answer, share on it. Or not. Um, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't want to, I guess, belabor the point, but um, just overall, hospitals scared me for the longest time. Like, I didn't like hospitals. And if you would have asked, you know, seven-year-old version of me, if I'd become a nurse, I'd be like, oh, heck no, never that. Mm. Um, unfortunately, uh, I've, not maybe not unfortunately, I feel like I have a calling and my calling is to help people in any way, shape or form, any capacity. That's why I became a nurse. That's why I do the podcast with you is I have a strong desire to try to help and try to influence people in a positive way. And um, my experiences have led me to uh, a career path that is useful for society, but then also there's a good monetary gain that comes out of it as well. So it's um, understanding that like, I honestly, I get paid to do what, what I do, but sometimes I feel like I would do it for free just if, just to be that help for a family or just to be that help for a loved one and give them peace of mind. It's always the toughest when you have um, families getting the first diagnosis of cancer or something like that. That's that's rough. That's a different type of um, emotional, like uh, emotion. I, I don't even know like the the word I'm looking for, but just emotional trauma or emotional thought process. Like <laughs> that right there is uh, overwhelming. And hope you feel better. No, you get it. It's just, it's just an overwhelming feeling. And then understanding that like people need this service. So I, I try, I try my best to put my emotions at bay, even if I don't necessarily want to do the job or I don't feel like working. I do it because I understand that on the other side of this is a whole bunch of people that will benefit. True. Well, it feels like, I feel like our hardships, at least for you and I, like I'm on the same page. I have a desire, a desire to inspire influence. And I think a lot of it is, has to do with because of what we've been through. I think that's what triggers people to want to do something because we know what it's like to be in the hardships and the difficult situations. So, before we go, um, I just want to ask one more question. Uh, with everything that you've experienced in life so far, and for someone who's out there listening to the show, whether they're in their late 20s, early 20s, just getting out of high school, maybe they've experienced life, maybe they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe older. Um what is some advice or what is one thing you would give to somebody who's listening to the show today um, and the experiences that you've gone through? What's some of the advice? What is one thing you would give for advice to somebody who's seeking a way to overcome or to acknowledge a hardship? The first thing that you need to remember with any conflict or hardship is that what you're dealing with is temporary. This is not the new norm. It's not something that's going to last forever. It's temporary. Understanding that kind of helps shape and put things into perspective because now you don't, you're not stressed about this being the rest of your life or the eternity uh, or fraternity because you're like, okay, I have a frame of reference now and I know how to handle this in a more calm uh, manner. I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to underreact. I'm going to react just enough and make sure that um, I maintain um, my composure, safety, the whole nine yards. And 
that's like the most important pull that I got from any of the conflicts that I've been been through is understanding that it's only temporary and I will one day smile again. It's only temporary. I will one day um, be able to laugh. It's only temporary. I will one day be able to do all the things that I've wanted to do. But for this moment, this pocket of time, I'm doing my best just to survive, you know? Yes. How about you? Um, what I would say is that allow your, my, my advice would be allow your hardship to be the buffer and allow it to be a place for you to maintain that humility. Because when you're humble, when you, when you go back and seeing what you've gone through and things you've experienced and you find yourself in, in a place where you are like successful, I feel like your hardships buffer you from becoming too arrogant. It makes you humility. Yeah. It, it, but it connects you with other people. It allows you to make that connection because the minute that somebody is comes off a certain way that, you know, represents arrogance, people don't know how to connect with that. People don't know how to relate to that. And so I think that when you make yourself in a presentable way where you're not forcing it, but you remind yourself that the hardships that you've gone through have gotten you to where you are. There's lots of people out in the world that have gone through a lot of hardships and difficult challenges, but some of those people are also the most successful people in the world. And so if that's lingering in the back of your mind, that anything that you face, anything that you go through, like you said, is only temporary, but it's also a good, uh, I would, I don't want to say navigational tool, but it's definitely a good, uh, a good reminder day to day as to where you are. That's kind of like what I would say. Like, I don't look back on the only time I look back is on my birthday to see how far I've come because everything moving forward is based off of, okay, I've been able to go through these things. Anything that I face again, I'll be able to I can handle it better the next time because now I, I dealt with it once before. Yes. And it just makes yeah. you be more grateful. For sure. So. Um, I definitely, um, I know this is one of those like uh, more intense conversations just because it's like, you know, it's triggering for other people and it's hard to um, sometimes even quantify like what, um, you know, overcoming hardship looks like because every person's different and every person does it differently. Um, but I think the most important part is um, understanding that hardships will always come. They're always going to be here. They're always going to find a way to to hit you. And they usually tend to hit you when you least expect it. Only thing that you can do is understand what you're capable of, understand who you are, and you're able to navigate and to get over anything as long as you understand who you are and where you come from. Right. Um, I definitely appreciate the conversation for sure. Uh, I know we're going to wrap up, but before we wrap up, can you just let, let the people know, uh, what's the name of our website? Let's talk about our merchandise. Let's talk about the products that we have at the best you nation. Um, this is just a way of showing us support and showing us uh, some love. Cause what we do here, we, we dedicate time, energy, and we have like the conversations that um, that we should all be having, honestly. And uh, you know, Finn, what is, what's the name of our site? So our website is called thebestunation.com. That's it, thebestunation.com. Um, you could also follow us on Instagram at thebestunation. Uh, all of our merchandise is going to start rolling out. The store is currently locked at the moment because mm. I, I think I kept it locked for a while just because I was still working on some stuff on the back end. Um, but it is a lot of work, and we want to make sure everybody everybody is uh, in for a win when it comes to wanting to support us. You yeah. know, maybe buy one shirt that that shows support, and the great thing about it is it's not just merchandise; it's like an, an actual apparel line. Like we got. 
clothing on there of all different, you know, I don't really want to spoil it yet. Most importantly, support comes in a, a variety of different ways. So you can definitely show your support um, by checking out the Best You Nation um, store. But you can also share your support by um, liking and sharing uh, this podcast with somebody who just needs to have a little bit of motivation, somebody who needs a, a positive, um, you know, affirmation or who, who just anybody who just needs a little jump start, kickstart to the day and just want to overall be better than how they were, you know, before. Also, so, for anybody who does not use Spotify, um, just real quick, it's, it's a slow, gradual movement, but we've been uh we've kickstarted the youtube channel again um which is great uh, i figured out a way to get it to go a little faster um okay. so we have our channel we're gonna be premiering it on the mondays uh so it'll be as a premiere it's kind of cool because i did it the other day to see how it works and you can see a countdown and people can premiere and comment and be live on the feed there it's kind of cool okay. um and then, yeah, so keep an eye out on the, on the YouTube channel. I've had some people actually ask me, are you on YouTube? Are you on YouTube? Are you on YouTube? And, and now I, the answer is a resounding yes. Yes. Because we've had a little bit of a struggle with that. So now YouTube is on board. So for people who don't have Spotify or don't listen to Spotify, who usually look for a video version, you can always watch it on HD4K. Yep. Riverside, our, our host for our podcast. They uh, make sure our videos are 4K, HD, 4K, whatever it's called. Too many different letters and numbers get mixed up there. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have anything else to add. Just uh, if this is your first time checking us out, um, you know, check us out. Uh, as Finn has said, uh, at the Best You Nation on Instagram, I'm available on 24 hours in a day uh, on Instagram as well and uh, on TikTok. So. Um, Show some love, show some support, you know, be, um, be the type of person that just wants to share love instead of just only receive it. So, um, we love you. We appreciate you. And we hope that, uh, you have a wonderful week and that you can be a positive source of motivation to those around you. And, uh, I think that's it. So with that being said, take care. Peace out.